This is JU Israel Teachers Lounge, where we reach out to current Gap Year students, alumni, and any interested listeners, keeping you connected to what's happening in Israel and giving you insight behind the headlines. I am your host, Senior Israel Educator Michael Unterberg, and today joined as always by co-host and director of JU Israel, Alan Goldman. How's it going, Alan? Going pretty good. Excellent. And we are also joined today back from sick leave by JU Israel Program Manager, Rena Levin. How are you feeling, Rena? I'm good. Thanks for having me. All right. You sound totally well, <laughs> but listeners should not be fooled. You're still mightily battling whatever series of head colds. And... Yeah, it's just that time of year. Yeah, it is. Uh, our topic for today is something that apparently strikes uh, 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 at the heart of Americans pretty deeply, American Jews, the accusation of dual loyalty, the idea of uh, being loyal to Israel and America and what that means. There were there were a few uh, Jewish journalistic entities, I think the Forward and somewhere else, that complained about President Trump's introduction of Mike Pence at this year's Hanukkah dinner, which is kind of a funny thing that the White House has a Hanukkah dinner, but put that aside. And lots of tweeting about it, too. Also, They had two know. parties, apparently. Yeah, this yeah. year, they, <laughs> yeah, Obama yeah. established a two-party system, I think. And <laughs> therefore, well, it is a two-party. I think, by the way, the Hanukkah party was established. I don't know if that it, when did it start? When I was no a kid, clue. there was no Hanukkah party. I think Bush started it. Okay. Anyway, uh, uh, at the Hanukkah party this year, when uh, Vice President Mike Pence and his wife stood up, President Trump introduced them, and he said the following. Rena has the quote. I want to thank Vice President Mike Pence, a tremendous supporter, a tremendous supporter of yours and Karen. And they go there and they love your country. They love your country and they love this country. That's a good combination, right? Now, that is a terrible President Trump impression, Rena. <laughs> That didn't sound anything like I'm him. I'm sick. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. When you're well, your Trump is like out of the park. But but a lot of uh, – there were American Jewish voices that took umbrage to that phrase. He's a tremendous supporter of yours, of your country, and of this country. That's a great combo, right? Why, why, Al, why, why did that – what was the reaction to that? And what do you think of that reaction? Um, so the reaction is your country, meaning that that's your country and this meaning, one without even saying not. it, we all know he uh, means Israel. Right. Exactly. It was clearly Israel, even though this was a Hanukkah party and not an Israel independence party. So right. in his remarks, he did discuss when he was discussing things his administration did that Jews should like. He talked about moving the embassy right. and he got a rousing round of applause from the audience. Like he, it, it. He mentioned Israel. He absolutely talked about Israel. So it was it, this. He had already introduced Pence earlier, but this was he was bringing back to their attention to thank Mike Pence. So he mentioned him again, and he said it in that way. Now, again, without without getting into the eloquence of the president, why did that phrasing upset some American Jews? Because it implied that that Israel was the. Jewish country and America was not their country, that they were somewhat guests or other in America, which was always, you know, um, the problem with the Jewish people in Europe is that they were never accepted as that. So Jews in general are very sensitive to that. And I know from my own family that I, I remember my grandfather, um, who was very strong, strong Jew, loved Israel. And when I talked about Israel and Aliyah, he was like, 
nope, your place is here yeah. in America. Not that it, you know, not that he was against Israel, but like America was our home. We came here. He was an immigrant. We came here. We made it our home. We built families here. We built careers. They took us in. They, they took allowed us, in. us to succeed. Yeah, we are American. Right. We are American Jews. And we love Israel, but we're American Jews. And so to have it even slightly with – even if it's awkward language because of that, implied that Jews were, were not um, American but had some other kind of allegiance is obviously a particularly sensitive thing for Jews. Now, um, putting aside the yeah. issue of – let's put aside the issue about Trump's – I think right. it's fair to say that he didn't mean to offend anybody in those remarks. Yeah. And I think it's also pretty fair to say if you politically like President Trump and his policies, you probably weren't offended. And if you don't like President Trump, you probably maybe have were offended at you know, a Jew. Right. So that there, let's leave aside the political aspect of it and let's just analyze it in the abstract as – it did make some Jews uncomfortable to be to American Jews uncomfortable to be told Israel is your country as opposed to this country. And that you're saying that that's something that your uncle would have been offended. My grandfather. Your grandfather would have been Yeah, I think so. That that would have that would have cut deep. Um I think in in my whole family, certainly my father also, definitely my father. They you know, again, they love Israel. And my parents support my aliyah and they feel great affinity towards Israel, but they're Americans. And that is, you know, um, and, and to p- imply anything else um, would be – is deeply offensive. It creates um, a sense of us and them, you being yeah. other, you being them, and you have different loyalties than the rest of us, maybe yeah. even real Americans. Which again, I just want to – I know I'm repeating myself. I don't think the president meant that, right? He certainly didn't mean to – at a Hanukkah dinner <laughs> welcoming Jews, he wasn't trying to make Jews feel other. Right. By the other hand, we, the White House. we do see the irony that Hanukkah is about you know, Jewish independence <laughs> in the in The struggle the of, of Jewish uh, identity in the Holy Land. And, uh, yeah. You know. uh, how, do you, how do you maintain independence in a bigger Western world yeah. that has the tendency to swallow you up? But does Trump yeah. know that? That that's uh, what Hanukkah's about. I don't know, whoever wrote his speech, I think did. I, <laughs> whoever I wrote his speech, speech no, they mentioned the oil. I mentioned the oil. They mentioned the, mention the Greeks. No, okay. And I think he, I think he threw in a, and I'm sure you've heard this story many times. Everybody's heard this story many times. Right. I don't know that that was in the script. Like all presidents, he reads scripts that are written for him. Right. So whoever they like, like many American Jews, they and and many religious Jews, they'll emphasize the oil over the military. Mm-hmm. And cultural battle. Do you think in your family people have that dual loyalty sensitivity? Definitely. My mother's father was born and bred in Brooklyn and um, (laughs) very much a a New Yorker and American and – in uh, at towards the end of World War II, he you're talking to two guys. We had ben and I <laughs> here went to Flatbush. So we... Yeah, listen, um, I have family still there, um, and my grandfather enlisted in the Merchant Marines, and you know helped get a bunch of American Jewish American guys to trans transport survivors from Europe to Israel, and I think surely he would take offense at the insinuation that an American can only have uh, that somebody in his position could only have allegiance to like the I think Israelis would look at that and say wow so nice that American Jews feel so close to Israel that they wanted to 
help the, you know, the war efforts. Mm -hmm. And then Americans would look at that, American Jews would look at that and say, wow, that's really amazing that you feel so, you know, that, that you're, you're an American and you're showing your Jewish values. Right. You're um, connected and supportive of Israel. Yeah. As an American. As an American. Correct. Because it, it's not yours. I, I heard... And, and, who, and who else has that? Like, Im, Meaning like all, America is, you know, a melting pot and uh, an immigration, a country of immigrants. I, you know, I don't see, maybe I'm naive, but I don't see other uh, ethnicities, religions, national, you know, people who feel so strongly about the country. I don't want to say where they came from because technically my grandfather didn't come from there, but, right. you know, his people that they feel so strongly connected to the country centuries after their people have left. I'm not an expert at demographic politics in the United States, but I don't think there's an Italian-American pro-Italy lobby. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there were definitely Americans involved in the troubles in Ireland and one side or the other, but it's still different than Jewish political organization and support. For Israel, the Jews mm -hmm. are the Jews do stand out in that way. When they see Israel's but, in trouble, that's that's the first thing it, they it's do. It's one of the like it's in the like the top five. APAC is one of the top five biggest lobbies in Washington. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think your grandfather's story is actually fascinating because your grandfather. And you correct me where I get the facts wrong. As a merchant marine, was helping Jewish refugees sneak into Israel in what was called Ali Abed or the underground mm -hmm. uh, when the British were, mandate was here, and he was caught by the British and put into Akko prison. Right, that's correct. Right, uh, but he was treated differently because he was an American. Correct. And so, so the non-American uh, volunteers were sent to Cyprus with the refugees, with the war refugees. And my grandfather and the, I don't know, about 20 other American guys um, were sent to Akko, like Alan said. And because, you know, uh, my great-grandmother, who lived until 109, yeah. something wow. very crazy like wow. that. Um, good genes. Very strong, yeah, good genes in the family. So in your family, you get terrible head colds and stomach viruses, <laughs> but you don't. The immune system but you live great, till 109. longevity okay. is pretty great. That's a fair trade. Um, so my great-grandmother and you know, the other Jewish mothers and, you know, just lobbied Washington and I believe it was President Truman. And they said, hello, these are American boys on foreign soil. It wasn't even Israel at the time. Like it was under the British mandate mm -hmm. and they're being held captive. And, and these are our boys. They're not they're not Israeli. They're not, you know, they're they're, they're, they're from your country. Right. They're serving your military. Right. Right. Um, I think that's sort of where the. Du dual loyalty comes into play. So then what happened? Eventually, they they were released. They were there for a couple of weeks. And I guess enough, you know, letters of protest had landed on the president's desk and they were released. But um, and they Because were they back. were Americans. Right, Their but, American citizenship got them out of Akko Yeah, prison. and they were, uh, and, you know, led by the British until they were, you know, handcuffed until they were on the ship. And because they wanted no to make one sure, knew that yeah. they were, you know, good, good, the good guys, quote unquote. Um, and then if we fast forward... Once Israel becomes a state, your grandfather stays in America. Correct. Right? So it, I think that that really flushes out your point where you're saying that he felt a very strong affinity to this nascent state and the growing. And he wanted to do his part as a Jew to help other Jews. But America was his home. And, and that's and where he built his home. Correct. And his children, my mom and uncles, know this story and their grandkids know this story. And I think my parents grew up in that generation of post-48 and, you know, sort of like when 67 happens, a very, very much pro-Israel, Israel's the underdog, 
you know, we're, we're obviously rooting for Israel to succeed, but we can do that from here because we, you sort of like you do your part to help, whether that's physically going and, you know, fighting in the war or is, in what about whatever that, capacity. What about or, that language of Israel is our country? <laughs> Silence. Is that, that's yeah, a I, 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 go, go ahead. <laughs> no, no. I, I think that family. What, what, I, I think what we, at least in our conversations, when we talk about pro-Israel Jews versus Zionist Jews, a Zionist Jew is somebody who thinks of Israel as the home of the Jewish people, and Jews who don't live there as being. I mean, that's the language we use. They live in exile in the so. diaspora. Right. Uh, a, a pro-Israel American Jew that you guys are describing is somebody who says, America's really my home, but I support Israel as a Jewish country. And yet, in my experience, they will fall into language like diaspora Jewry, meaning I live in exile, or Israel is our country. It's, they, they will say things like that. And so those lines which we, which we like to draw neatly, logically, and categorically, psychologically are much grayer. And I think that part of the reason it makes America, because because ultimately, why should Americans feel bad? Like, why should American Jews be uncomfortable because of that? What's wrong with saying, "Look, America is my country. I'm loyal. Israel's my country. Um, I'm not a citizen, but it's a Jewish country, and I'm Jewish, so it's my homeland." So, also, yeah. So I so I think that that's a, the different language that I often hear, and you guys can really correct me. Maybe I'm just wanting to hear this, but the distinction between my homeland and my country. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, like Israel is my homeland. It's like a theoretical. It's almost like it was throughout all of Jewish your, history. Your grandfather would have been comfortable saying Israel's my homeland? I think I think so. But in the religious sense of— He would have said it's my homeland or it's the homeland of the Jewish people? Uh, I think he I think he would have said, like, the homeland of the Jewish people, therefore my homeland. Meaning my it was I'm part of the Jewish people and it's our homeland. Like, say it like that. But what I'm saying is because they, they saw it, and I think they see it in a lot of ways in that— Way that Jews saw it for the two thousand years of of Galut of ex, when we did not have our home, when it was like this image, it was a it was a vision, it was a it wasn't a really reality, and so that's the same way that they say. In other words, the real practical reality, my country is America, but I have this sort of ideal homeland. It hasn't left its fantasy framework yeah. of in my imaginary homeland, even though it's yeah. a real place now. Right. But it's still my imaginary homeland. Which is why when m- many American Jews we that I interact with, uh, whether it be our students or, or others, really see Israel as a sort of religious place. That's a place that, that they really connect to, the Kotel, or, um, you know, uh, they come on a holiday and are infused. And I'm inspired by these things too. But, but, but it really stays there, and they don't really get into the depths of what Israel is today meaning a modern political entity. And, and, and Zionism the, claims the home of all Jews who should... Yeah. I mean, the Zionist claim is all Jews should be part of that, ultimately even living right. here. That the, that it, the ex, exile should ingather. And, and which is why I think that the people are feeling lots of, like, those ongoing articles that we see constantly in the newspaper today. I just shared another one with you guys this morning in the New York Times about um, Jewish, how Jews are feeling... Uh, challenged over Israel. American Jews are feeling challenged over Israel because of its different political positions and its political positioning in the world, whether it be... Our students experience that. They they tell us that on college campuses, without having ever expressed a political opinion about Israel, they're, as Jews, addressed to, well, what, you know, why do you guys support, like... 
because others see it as their country, right? And they may see it. I think less, that's why the know? Trump remark, aside from just plain politics, which we're avoiding, I think that's what triggered certain American Jews that language of "that's your country." I, I remember in the 2000 election cycle when Al Gore was running against George W. Bush, and Al Gore chose as his running mate uh, Joe Lieberman, who. Was he a Democrat at the time? I think it was before it, it, he became an independent. Uh, whatever. He caucused with whatever. But but a Yeah, he was a Democrat. After that he became independent. Yeah. yeah. But he, he he's he's a Jew who uh refers to himself as modern orthodox, like he won't he you know, he keeps Shabbat in the in a traditional way. Right. And I remember many Jews saying, "Uh-oh. Would this be good for the Jews to have yeah. a Jew as the vice president?" And I remember thinking I, that was so not my reaction. I thought that was so odd. Like, I, I, I no, I remember that. I definitely asked that question. Yeah. Uh, same thing now with it, you know Trump's daughter and son-in-law being very identified and standout Jews. Yeah, is I, that I, you know is that good for the Jews or you know, is it good for Jews to have power <laughs> in so, a foreign so country, outright. not in Israel? In oh. a in a foreign in a foreign country, <laughs> right? I'm saying it as a foreign country, right? But is in the country that they live. Well, even though there are other countries where Jews have have power in plenty of different countries. And historically, Jews have had power in lots of countries. Right. You know, we think of the if we think of the exile of the two thousand years of exile as this long. By the way, the same question came oppression. up with Bernie Sanders when he was running against Clinton. Correct. The, what is that Every question? Every Jew because who runs for ever, what Jews worry about it. It's not just that anti semites. Oh, say, that's what I'm talking about. With right. Jews. It's not that. It's not that anti. It's not just that anti semites say, "Look at the Jew." By the way, in the whole Me Too. There were there were comedians, but also some not comedians, saying, "Look how many of the uh, the men being accused of things are Jewish," and that was like super weird. Yeah. The 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 the, the, the fallacy of racism is if a black person does something, then that's black people. Right. If a Jew does something, that's the Jewish people. Mm -hmm. That's the racist fallacy. And they conflate Jew, Jews with Israel, which obviously don't always go together. Right. Um, well, that's the question in the Lieberman so like question. Kush, right, Jared Jared Kushner, Jew, right. Exactly. Listen, when we interviewed Dan Shapiro mm -hmm. on this podcast, I think he was pretty clear that he thinks of his home as the United States. And that's his that's his sort of, as the ambassador to Israel, his priority was, was American policy. Yeah, he was pretty clear about that. Um, but he's still here. He lives here. He's still here, and his kids are doing so the Israeli thing. School, right. You know, his daughter finished school. She went into whatever. They may stay. I mean, she was continuing on what Israelis do. I don't know what her right. particular track was, but. One of them. Yeah. Yeah, I think he has another one in high school, no? Yeah, something like so, that. Meaning. I, I think Zionism poses an existential challenge to American Jews who. Uh, my wonder is how many other, sorry, how many other diplomats do that in the countries they Well, that's why to me in. it was such a standout. Like, it's probably fairly rare, I would imagine. But uh, he has a, a different connection here. He does, but he was saying that it is not uh, – I, I don't know if he would use the language of country or homeland, but he certainly doesn't see – he's living here for a while. Yeah. And he's glad that his kids are enjoying the schools. He's very pro-Israel, but it's not his home. He sees himself Isn't as it a – temporary role anyway? Well, he's, he's done. He he's was done. ambassador for Obama. And he's, so but he's, he still lives in Israel. In Israel. Yeah, yeah, he works for a, for a strategic think tank. Yeah. Yeah. 
because his kids wanted to stay longer and he likes living here, but I don't think his long-term plan is to stay here. And he doesn't, he doesn't think of it as his home. So that, so what's the dual loyalty? Back to that dual, dual loyalty. Cause it seems like we veered a little bit, but what, what is that? Why is it so sensitive? Well, look, when President Kennedy ran for office, there were accusations at the time, which to us seems so ancient, that, you know, that as a Catholic, he would put commands from the Pope over the needs of Americans. Right. They, they didn't, and obviously that was dispelled. Jews faced similar uh, accusations and still face similar accusations to this day. And Jews are sensitive to not wanting to be accused of that of, we will put Israel's, well, look at Pollard. Pollard's a guy who worked within the United States intelligence establishment, saw information that he thought Israel should have by treaty with America that was being withheld from Israel and got it to Israel. I don't know the ins and outs of that story. There's something very strange in that story. But there's no question that the book was thrown at him. Um, and, and, I, and, and part of, I think, the message of throwing the book at him was, I know Israel's an ally, but you American Jews... Don't don't prioritize Israel over America if you work for America. So uh, can we can we can I go back in history? Yeah, because if we go back that we've been we talk about we teach in class about the French Sanhedrin. Yeah, right. When Napoleon basically asked the Jews in the beginning of the 19th century in terms of if, if in giving them the opportunity to become citizens of France if they have dual loyalties. And and one of the questions is, or and is certainly the the idea behind a very um, uh, theoretical pop possibility: are you are you Jews who have a nation or a national consciousness, and therefore you can't be French because someday you hope to have this kind of country there, right? Or are you French citizens and of the Mosaic faith uh, of the Jewish religion? And then you can be just like the Catholics and Yeah, then you uh, just go to else. a different place of worship, but yeah. you're the same. But you're French, you're a nation, right? Yeah. So they clearly answer that we are we are French. We are loyal they ask to them, France. If we, if we fight a war with Germany or England yeah. and there are Jews in those armies, will you fight with our army? Right. They were like, of course we will. Yeah, because we're French and we we're fought. French. And we fought with France. And this is our country. And this is where we see our thing. We're not – and in essence, they're almost shutting down any kind of dream of going back to Israel. Yeah. Now, 200 years later, it's no longer a theoretical question yeah. to Jews. It's almost daily in their face, you know, saying where do your – you know, are you Americans of the Jewish faith or are you Americans who have another nationality? And that nationality is Israeli Jewish. I mean, it's not ex- like right that that's a little blurt, like mixing there. So, but it, it, do you have another nationality? And therefore, you may have another allegiance. So, therefore, if you get into a position of power, well, what are you going to choose? So, why don't Italians or Irish or Germans or Scandinavians face these questions of dual loyalty when they become hyphenated Americans or Cuban or you know why 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 are Jews? The one struggling with this accusation of, yes, you love that other country because that's where your people are from, but you, no one questions that you're fundamentally, patriotically American. Well, the Japanese did have it, let's remember, and the Germans had it during World War II. And World War One, They really had, the Germans had it German, much worse. Right. Yeah. So they, they did have it. Um, so, But in the enlightened um, 21st century, we're past it, right? We look at that with, with shame. Right. But not with Jews. Jews are still... And the Russians during the communist 
times, um, but I think it's, true. it's, yeah, not, it's right. almost like good, right. not fair that <laughs> Jews are the only ones that still face it. <laughs> um, but also, there's no line, like ha- meaning it's such a vague um, spectrum mm-hmm. of how do you prove that, yes, I'm, I, I, I believe that Israel is the homeland of the Jewish people and I, you know, believe that I am part of those Jewish people, but I, all my allegiances lay with them. And why can't you have a little bit of both? And if you do have a little bit of both, well, what's the percentage? How much, mm-hmm. how much, you know, like 80% American and 20% Israel? Like, how are you supposed to define that? And, and there's no real answer, I don't think. So it's almost not, again, not fair <laughs> that um, that Jews are the only ones that have that issue, that American Jews have this have this dilemma, and that there's no answer. Well, certainly in the religious, in the traditional— To the point that Jews will become so assimilated because they don't want to, you know, have, like, let's say, like— Well, that was one of the Lieberman fears. He'll yeah. be mean to Israel to show his to true show loyalty to America. Favorite. Right. right. And, and and Jews during, like, you know, World War II era where they, they were so assimilated to German Jews because—sorry, to, to, to Germans because they didn't want to appear too Jewish, quote-unquote, because right. then that looks like they're not really— Germans, or they, right. they're not really loyal to Germany. Yeah, it's so. not a new challenge for Jews, but it is weird. I remember in high school arguing with friends, like, if America or Israel in a war, which side would you fight on? <laughs> right. Like, that was a high school kid way of, like, right. trying to resolve in your I, head. I mm-hmm. Where do it must I have been ch- something going on in the 80s that <laughs> maybe. made us, like, think about that. Maybe I we also... were just really dumb in the No, 80s. there's also the classic, are you, sorry, are you an American Jew or a Jewish American? Right. That we always had that debate in, right, course, in high school right. also. Right, like your philosophy classes, which is your identity trumps other. I think I'm going to throw in another. um, I don't know what it is. Another factor (laughs) factor that I think has part to play in this, um, which is that after the Holocaust, um, and as Israel faces different challenges in the world, Jews in America particularly put Israel as a very important. Um, uh, value of the need for it to exist. As a shelter in times of crisis. Yeah, and that that Jews need a place, and therefore it became a high priority on the political political agenda of American Jewry. And that high agenda also had lots, uh, has still today, has lots of media attention in and of itself. So that, like, APAC, the APAC conference is a huge is is a huge conference and they get the biggest speakers and not even J Street conference gets lots of big mm-hmm. uh, politicians. So Israel is is very much front and center in terms of the that you could say the real politics of American jury. And uh, by the and, way, the real politics of America, like Italy, is in is in real political turmoil right now. Right. So is nobody France. talks. Right. Nobody talks about right. it. Nobody talks. About it. I think that's Brexit partly we talk because about a right. And I think we probably a little bit Brexit, but we definitely talk about Israel more. Israel politics it comes up more. Yep. And I think that has to do with American Jewry's insecurity <laughs> in and of itself, and also and the sense and need that there in Israel exists. And so the more you get publicity, so the more you're open for that publicity to to have a, a backlash against it or what have you. Ex- extremes are very satisfying. Right. You know, if you say, I am who, like the, like the German Jews, to go back to history again, the German Jewish community for the most part rejected Herzl. Right. They said, Berlin is our Jerusalem. We have no dream of going back to, the idea of Jerusalem is a nice idea, but we're home now. 
Um, that idea, I think, is is harsh for most American Jews. Right. They wouldn't say Washington, D.C. is our Jerusalem. They still feel – if you're an extreme and you say, look, we live here, that's that, that's our country, we're against Israel, that's satisfying. If you say, no, 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 I'm moving to Israel, that's my home, I still love and support America, but I see Israel as the home of the Jews. If you go to either end, you have – if you, it, but most people don't resolve these sorts of tensions by choosing one over the other mm-hmm. and going, like you're saying, 80, 20, 20. Most, go to, most don't go to 100 on one way or the other. They find some psychologically, logically, for whatever life choices reason, they find some balance. And those mushy middle balances aren't super duper coherent. They're just the way people live. Like they're, they're normal. That's the way humans do things. So these issues poke at that, I think, that, that, that lack of resolution, and it makes them uncomfortable. There are questions that are asked about APAC that Jews sometimes feel uncomfortable about. Like, why do the Jews have such a powerful lobby in America? Yeah. And, and you know, why is that such an easy thing to throw at Jews? And Well, why, why, shouldn't, why shouldn't they? But, it, but it's because it's unresolved. And because America and Israel agree so much, they share so many interests, it doesn't get called into question much. But when there is daylight between those two countries, that makes Jews even more uncomfortable. It's Israel presents a real challenge to diaspora Jewry and Jewish identity in the diaspora in a way that we haven't been challenged for 2,000 years. And people can resolve it the way they resolve it. I think it's a... And we know that most studies say that the, it was one of the main factors in strong Jewish identity today is Israel. Yeah. And so it's really like it's got a, it's a double-edged sword, really. Yeah. It's a complicated yeah. miracle. And voting plays a factor in voting. Like we talked about a few episodes ago about Jews who – American Jews who have moved to Israel – and still vote, you know, they do an mm-hmm. absentee ballot and they consider Israel to, they're voting for the president that they think will be best for Israel. Is that fair? Because they've left America, even though they right. probably still love it and support it and have family and everything. And then they're, you know, American Jews who vote also for the president that they think will be best for Israel, but they live in America. So how is that fit? Right, right. Those tensions. It's messy. Yeah. So I think I think we nor- most of us live in a messy middle somewhere, and then that makes us a little bit uncomfortable and sensitive. Like you're poking out in some way. I must be being inconsistent, and I don't have a great defense of that. What uh, the the fear of anti-Semites part doesn't doesn't bother me, because anti-Semites will always find something to mm-hmm. blame us for. Like Lieberman thing, I just was, I couldn't believe people were. I still you see. Uh... You're still I, uh I know. He's still on uh, it. Yeah, he's still on it. Well, we might. I, 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 it's not that I don't get it. It's that I don't share it. Like, I just, that fear thing. Like I You just, also don't have that instinctual, is it good for the Jews or not? I don't. Yeah, so I have that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I have. Uh, we. The Jews will decide what's good for the Jews. Don't worry about the Jews. The Jews are going to take care of it. I mean, that's the that's the goal, right? And And if we don't, then that's on us. So I, I don't know. But again, I, I have to recognize my place on that spectrum. I'm pretty far in the Zionist end of the spectrum mm-hmm. of Israel being ultimately the home of the Jews. And I also had cousins who said to me, I don't even understand why you would want to leave America. Like, isn't America your country? Why would you possibly want to leave America? That's your country. And I remember saying, I, I am a loyal, patriotic citizen of America, but Israel is my home and my country. So, I, you know, look, we live here. So we have, we are where we fall on the spectrum. But it's... I, 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 we're not going to have a smart resolution because it's a complicated issue that is going to get poked at and brought out. And you'll notice it in the news as you read it that American Jews are sensitive to. 
So there you go. Did we get too political? Did we make anybody? I don't, I don't think, think so. so. I think no. we stayed out of the uh, political aspect pretty well. All right. Well, thanks so much, Alan. Thanks so much, Rena. As always, thanks to the amazing Ben Wallach for engineering us through to the end of the episode, which is where we are. Happy December. Yeah. <laughs> bye bye. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Uh, this is the part where I remind you that we are the JU Israel Teachers Lounge podcast. And it's also the part where I ask you to subscribe, to rate and review us, and to share and recommend us in any way you can. Also, we'd love your feedback so we can respond to you on or off the podcast. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Thanks.